in a world where tomorrow's blockbusters reign, three millennials look back on our generation's classics, on our generation's classics, our generation's classics, and remember. Hey everyone, welcome to Millennials at the Movie House, the podcast where three friends watch our generation's beloved movies of yesterday and review them from our modern adult perspectives. I'm Betsy. I'm Tracy. And I'm Serena. And today we watched The Fault in Our Stars, 2014, directed by Josh Boone, written by Scott Neustadter, Michael H. Weber, and based on a novel by John Green, of course. Starring. <laughs> I was <laughs> going to say the novel. No, that was an appropriate <laughs> emotional response to John Green that I appreciate because I am definitely going to delve into that a little bit yep. with my notes. So <laughs> yep. thank you for setting that up. <laughs> no problem. Uh, starring Shailene Woodley, Ansel Elgort, Laura Dern, Nat Wolf, Willem Dafoe, and Sam Tremel. Before we jump into Tracy Go, I feel like I need to like give like a disclaimer as to why this movie is on our list because that, it's I was going to say I have, uh, that was one of my questions was, to Betsy specifically yeah. why this why? was considered. Yeah. So this is on my list. It's the most recent movie on the list. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that our randomizer hit on it. And the reason it's on there is because the youngest millennial, they were the demographic that this mo- for this movie. Yes. The other reason I would like to argue is that the book is millennial. <laughs> I yes. feel like that is um, like, again, young millennial right at the end there. But I mean, I know people who read it. <laughs> right. So that's my math that I wanted to share. Yeah. Is that in 96 millennials were 18 when the movie come, came out. Yeah. So that and it and it does. The, the main characters are 18, 18. Yeah. 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 So when they were, when the, the younger millennials were 16, the books came out in 2012. Exactly. And that is, that is prime yep. reading level for the ya genre uh, yep. for this novel. Right. Usually right. ya is a little bit younger too, but this is prime 16 year old. Absolutely. Right and you're also talking about a John Green novel, which yes, I think that this move, this book, this movie was the thing that like sent him into the stratosphere, but he had established novels before then that had even more ingranulated himself into the millennial culture. So his first book came out in 2008, Yes, but it was, and I think it was the book. And then of course the, the movie, this movie, like you said, rocketed him, but the book was his breakout success. The break, yeah. the fault in our stars was his yeah. breakout success. So, and he was, I want to say he was like the YouTube generation. He was yeah for, for, for y'all books. Like there, there have been like different, like, like twilight was huge. Harry Potter before that, when John green came out, we had access to him. He was on Twitter. He was on YouTube. All right, good. <laughs> I, I'm glad that we're all on the same page that this is a millennial movie, technically. Okay, good. Not art millennial, you know. <laughs> I not was going to say, age having group. said that, <laughs> I was, I think if I did the math correctly, I think I was 23 when the book yeah. came out and 29 when the movie came out. Right. So right. I'm definitely on the older spectrum of this. But yeah, same, same. I think all three of us are. I was yeah. 26 when this, when the movie came out. So, so I have a question. <clears throat> is the 2002 A Walk to Remember on our list. Oh, 
that is good notes, Serena. Good notes. I didn't realize it was as old as that. I have it written down. It absolutely (laughs) is. Yes. Okay. This is this is young gener young millennials version of that movie for us. Yes. Absolutely. Have that written down. Good snaps, Serena. In fact, I found that movie on TV last week, and I was like, Oh, I forgot about this movie. Well, Mandy Moore is also having a resurgence with This Is Us. Yeah, she's so good. I love Mandy Moore. Um, I loved her from the beginning. (laughs) The millennials and younger generation that like like this movie are discovering a walk to remember. That is fair. Yeah, good to know. Um, Okay, anyway, but back to The Fault in Our Stars. Tracy, go. This movie is about a girl who has cancer and she's had she's she's a teenager she's 17 i think um and has had cancer for a very long time um and she's it's something it's in oh it was thyroid cancer and now it had spread to her lungs so she has an oxygen tank and mask that she or tubes that she always wears Mm -hmm. so her parents are concerned that she's not she doesn't really have a normal social life and that she's depressed because she has like stage four cancer so they make her go to a youth group with other kids that have cancer yep. and the group is is it's sad because all these kids have cancer but it's like a pathetic attempt of trying to make them have like a normal life and they all know it you know anyway uh, a kid there who has like ocular cancer brings his best friend who had some type of cancer that made him lose his leg and of course, there was a literal run-in between uh, I think it was Bone Hazel cancer. Grace and Augustus, who's the friend. And he has an immediate love at first sight attraction to her. And of course, it's like movie TV magic where they immediately are friends and hang out and fall in love. Yep. <laughs> Actually, the falling in love is gradual for her, at least. Mm-hmm. So you follow their relationship and she's a little bit wary of it because he's in remission and she's not. And she, she's basically trying to prepare her parents for her death and, and come she to doesn't want to add him to the mix. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, but he that. warms her to her anyway. <laughs> and he learns that she has this favorite book that she's obsessed with. And I think it's because it's a book about someone who is dying and she relates to it because they don't I don't think he sugarcoats it and the person is dying but not yet dead and that's how she feels like where she is dying but not yet dead and, and mm-hmm. is living this life so they learn that the the movie the make a wish I think they call it genies they call it the genies were they not allowed to call to say make a wish foundation so. I feel I like that was the so. case I think that was a thing yeah. yeah so she wasted her wish when she was younger of course to go to Disney World and he kind of makes fun of her for it. And he's like, well, lucky for you, I didn't waste my wish. And because <laughs> all she wants is because the book apparently just abruptly ends. And she wants some answers from the author who's like a recluse who lives in Amsterdam. So he uses his wish to fly them to Amsterdam to meet this author. And of course, as the saying goes, you should never meet your heroes. And it's a complete disappointment. But yep. they kind of s- save the trip because she <laughs> finally admits that she's in love with them. Um you know, and mm-hmm. huge spoiler alert when it's like a Nicholas Sparks type switcheroo, you think she's going to die and he ends up having a relapse and very quickly it, declines. It dies. 
Yeah. So um, it's, it's just, it's a coming of age story with cancer. Mm-hmm. I, I, that was a great synopsis. I, I almost feel like calling it a coming of age is kind of minim, minimalizes it um, because I feel like it was so much more about um, dealing with death, deal, trying to live your life while dealing with death. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. And, it, yeah. And like how to do that, not acting, not like acting, but like, how do you do that and not feel morbid? Right. 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 Yeah. I think for some reason, um, like the book scene is much bigger now than when I was in high school. Like I struggled to find young adult books that were, that had substance to it. Yeah. And I think nowadays they do have more substance. And this was one that, well, I have issues with it, but it did have real world themes and, and, and And we forget sometimes that teenagers have big feelings and they seem dramatic, but they're also dealing with real world stuff. Mm-hmm. They, they deal with death and they have, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and, and it's kind of like, you, you don't know what somebody is going through until you actually know, you know what I mean? Until you know them. Yep. Ha, who has seen it before? When was the last time you saw it? Do you remember when it came out? Uh, I've never seen it before. Your mom had given you spoilers. You said, she said that she's seen it a bunch on cable and um, she liked it, but she didn't like love it out of the three movies that she said were similar. Six feet apart was the third one. Walk to remember this six feet apart, five feet apart, six feet apart, six feet apart. Um, I wanted and she to said see that this one was like third in her placement. And, you know, she, when she likes a movie, she loves a movie. Like she's obsessed with walk to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I never saw it, but I've heard of it and I don't know how I've never seen it. And I think I was mixing it up with some other movie that was out similar time. So I, I was like in the back of my head, like, yeah, I'll watch it eventually. Or, uh, you know, maybe I'll read the book. Yeah. But so anyways, so that was in my mind. And then I, I mean, that was 2014. However many, how many years has it been since then? I haven't watched it yet. So but up until today. I had seen it. Um, not not in movie theaters. And it wasn't like I had never read the book, but I did know who John Green was, but I had never read any John Green. No. So surprised about that. Um, Well, I'm a little bit, I'm a, like a hipster in the traditional sense where if something is wildly popular, I, I question it's, it's, sincerity or I was just authenticity say, or something yeah, yeah. because I, I worked at a bookstore and we were like the New York times bestseller list. That's not a thing. Hmm. It's whoever pays the most to whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's like, I, it says so I, it right here too. I'm looking online. It says number one on the New York times bestseller list. That's all, that's all made up. That's whoever can pay and lobby and all this kind of stuff in the publisher really? or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's on. not. And it's like people always rush because they think that everybody else likes the book. And that's not anyway. So it was also huge with younger kids. And I was like, I'm not, you know, it, 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 it insists upon itself. <laughs> He's very, you know what I mean? That is the answer to that question. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I was like, I, and I, I don't like the two green brothers. I think they're, I don't know. Nope. I got There you. is another one in here. I was looking, I'm sorry. I'm doing it like now research. I'm like, oh, there's two of them. Yeah. Hank. Oh, that's Hank what- and John green. Yeah. Who's Hank? Is he another author? He's the younger brother. And yeah, he's not, he, he's an author. 
I thought he was more of a YouTube personality, but <laughs> yeah, I, I that have sounds no idea. Right. Um, and I think they're smart, but like they're like elite smart. Yeah. And I think that's how they write their characters too, where they're very like too smart for their own good. Like yeah. they make, and of course all movies do this where they make these poignant speeches off the top of their heads and know exactly what to say and have these special moments. Nobody really talks that way. Nobody is that smart all the time. You might be able to write something that smart after editing and, and no, say this first, say that, you know what I mean? Yeah, but on the other hand, you buy into Lifetime and Hallmark movies that do that type of stuff, oh, but. <laughs> yes, ironically. <laughs> oh, okay. This oh, is very okay. genuine, which yeah. it has its point. Can I, um, can I read a Wall Street Journal quote? Sure. So John Green, some credit him with ushering in a new golden era for contemporary, realistic, literary, and teen fiction. Following more than a decade of dominance by books about young wizards, sparkly vampires, and dystopia. So there was a switch between the, the, our, our millennial generation where we had Twilight, Mm -hmm. Harry Potter, um, that kind of thing to a more realistic set in the real world type Mm -hmm. situations. But I would almost, if you made Augustus a vampire, this was Twilight. This was Twilight between twilight and now the amount of environmental issues um school shootings all of a sudden the teenage group of people were dealing with real life issues Mm -hmm. they didn't have time to be distracted by the fake fantasy they were living in a hard time and here is a book and an author who has a romance book set in a realistic hard time. And I Mm -hmm. think a lot of the generation connected with that. And I honestly, I can't blame them. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, and I, I actually, I agree with that quote that it kind of um, started that wave of books because I'm, I'm thinking of all of these recent books that are turned into movies because my reference point is movies Mm -hmm. that um, came out. And I mean, Eleanor and Park is actually is, you know, I would, I would classify in there. Um, I love that book. I love that book. um, What was the book? uh, Stars was in the title. um, And she was facing deportation. Yes. um, It was by the same author. Um, The sun is also a star. Sun is also a star. Yep. I would, I would put that. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a different author. That's Nicole Yoon. And the other one is rainbow Rowell. Yeah. Yep. Um, And then there's something, I think it was called everything. Everything was in there too. And that is the same author as yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it started that trend of, I mean, they're dramatic and they're teen romances, but there is always that underlying realism to them that at one or both of the main characters are dealing with real issues, Yeah, which is, I'm okay. I'm totally okay with that. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. And you're right. It's, it's that younger, the younger millennial and Gen Z have to do are are choosing to deal with with the world around them instead of escaping from it and finding the the romance or the the little things in life that live for today type type stories yeah Yeah. yep um oh i didn't answer the question (laughs) um so i was 26 when this movie came out so i was an adult and pass that were point. you though <laughs> was were I you? though yeah <laughs> um 
And I, I remember it coming out and I do remember it being like, oh my God, it's just another one of these teen dramas. Like I don't have the emotional capacity to deal with this because I am a middle, middle millennial. So I don't want to deal with things like that. I want my stories to be escapism. Um, yeah, I like that too. I I like those. Um, We know that the real world sucks. Thank you very much. Give us some dragons. Exactly. Um, so I didn't watch this until a couple of years after it came out. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, okay, you know what? This is actually pretty solid. And then I, I was like, but I never want to watch this again. <laughs> and so here we are. This is the second time I've watched it. <laughs> I just, I don't love, I, I, I know maybe I'm in fantasy land, but I don't love the, I only want happy endings. I want Same. my stupid bow on top. <laughs> I, I, to be you have to look up. for the happy ending in this. It's like. It's like City of Angels. City of Angels, I don't know why, but it's in my head is like the first movie I watched where like the two people don't end up together at the end. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, but it's the idea of you get a bittersweet ending so that even though, you know, again, spoiler alert, in City of Angels, even though she died, he learned how to live. Yeah. So I was going to say, this, yeah. I also like happy endings, but I am also a fan of these literary, like poignant, like, exactly, yeah, the bittersweet. Um, I will have some follow-up questions to what you just said and what we were talking about. Um, so when did you all start crying and what movie did you have to watch after to make yourself feel better? <laughs> yes, that is a good question because I do have an answer for it. Uh, Unfortunately, I didn't have time to watch a movie after it because yeah, me, neither. It me neither. Two hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was thinking that I'm like, I, I need to flood my mind with something less sad. That's the thing. You have to flood your mind with like something happy after. So I literally was, as I was wrapping the movie, I'm like, what am I going to watch tonight after podcast? <laughs> what Disney movie is what, something that, happy. That's exactly the thought. It's like a Disney cartoon. Like yep. I need like, yeah. Um, I remember the first time watching it, I cried or I started to tear up at least at the um, gas station scene. Because it was the yeah, first time that, that he was wasn't positive. It was the first time that he didn't, he wasn't holding his own and I lost it. So this time <laughs> around, I'm like, I know what's coming. It's fine. I know what's coming. But then I lost it. Like actually tears <laughs> come down my cheeks when she was fighting with her mom and that whole conversation. Yeah. That when oh, you're not going to be a mother. Oh, that, yeah. That one where she's like, I've been taking classes or something. Yes. yes. But it was, it was the whole, you, you know, I'll always be your mother. Like that whole conversation, the whole scene back and forth. I was like, I tears, tears. And I didn't remember that scene from when I saw it, you know, years ago, but yeah. You know, I wonder if it's because we're older now, Betsy, and we all like appreciate our parents even more than we ever did growing up. That is true. And she was young. So she was like in that state of like, oh, my mom hovers. So annoying. Um, It wasn't that it was that she was so afraid she was sticking around because she was afraid of what was going to happen to her mother afterwards. And her mother had had to basically be like, I I'm going to be okay. Don't worry. It's fine. Yeah. Um, And yeah, it, it was kind of a sad thing when she was like, you're not my entire world. Right. And that sounds sad. It is, you know, but they're like, we have other interests other than you, which is a sad thing. But to someone who's dying, like she was, that is a relief that they have other interests and they do other things. They have plans 
after her. Right. And that's why she was obsessed with this book and why she had to go see the author. Because in the book, the, the, it ended mid-sentence because apparently like the person had died or become too sick to finish the book. It, the, the novelization, the fictional thing in the, in the movie. So she wanted to talk to the author because she wanted an ending that found out what happened to her loved ones after the main character died. Exactly. Because, and that's, that's what she was so worried about is she's the main character and she's worried about everyone else yeah. afterwards. And she, and like, she's she's way of coping. the funeral isn't for the dead person. It's for everyone else left behind. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, she kind of sets that, that tone up at the beginning. She sets that idea up in the opening monologue. I wrote down a quote. I don't always write, write down quotes these days, guys, but I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the only thing worse than biting it from cancer is having a kid bite it from cancer. Yep. So you knew, you knew that that was going to be kind of a central theme. And I, I mean, on the surface, it feels like it's hidden under the romance, but second watch, I really zoned in on it. And in fact, Laura Dern's performance is my favorite part of this entire movie. I wrote that down as how does it hold up? And I just put Laura Dern. Yeah. It, Shaley, Shailene Woodley is this, this is one of her, I, I think personally her, one of her better performances because yep. it's, it's that real life, real, yep. um, but Laura Dern as the mother, it's Laura Dern right. and she's amazing. And yeah. I feel like she, she also had like a resurgence recently, recently. I feel like, yeah. and this, I think this was at the beginning of that. Yeah. But she had to get, she had to get so much emotion, complex emotion out in, in very little screen time, really. And she nailed it. She did so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Once again, guys, we're relating to the parents. (laughs) I know we're old now. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me go back to, I started crying at the eulogy. Right. Sorry. I feel like that's the, I feel like that was the appropriate place to cry or the the beginning. And then you just, continued to cry until the end her her eulogy. her eulogy or his hers hers to his yeah okay yeah. hers to him sorry hers to, to him. him her the living eulogy so right. the one she that read to him seeing. that he's yeah. seeing was just so it, it wrapped up the whole movies in a nice little um and then i liked it when at the end when Isaac came to say hello to her, I thought that was really sweet. I was like, you know, there was a moment where I was like, I want to see a movie about these two and they become best friends. Same, (laughs) same. Yeah. And then you realize, you know, that he wrote one for her. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That was really sweet. I hated, I hate August, um, Augustus, Gus, August, Gus, Augustus, Gus. Gus. I hate Gus at the beginning of this movie. Hate him. He comes across as super douchey to me. (laughs) Oh yeah. And it takes a really long time for me to kind of that that not only makes me not like him as a character, but it it takes me out of the movie. Like I I have issues with the whole premise because I don't like this one guy. So it takes me a really, really long time to get back into the movie. And it it was the it was the eulogy at the end where I was like, okay, yep, I buy this movie. Okay. <laughs> like that was, that was like my realization. I was like, okay, all right. I'm, I've become emotionally invested in this movie that, yeah. All right. That's a long time. Cause that's towards the end. It is. It is. Um, because he makes such a bad first impression on me. Yeah. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm loving Laura Dern. I'm loving Sh- uh, Shailene Woodley, what she's doing. It was just, he's a little pretentious. He, he, yeah, yeah. he's like, 
I yeah. love you. I just met you and you're going to love me back and I'm going to prove it. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah. it's so like, okay. Well, and also it's not until, honestly, I think that it's not until the gas station scene where you see his, his wall come down, his, his mask come down. Yep. I mean, you could argue it was in Amsterdam when he tells her that the cancer's back, but even then he's holding it together. So I don't trust people until I see them, their mask drop and yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't see it with him for a really long time. So anyway, um, Tracy, you were going to say something. Sorry. Oh, uh, can we, this is just a random note. Go for it. Okay. Yeah. Um, There's no organization to this okay. episode. <laughs> I had said before, um, don't meet your idols. Yes. I wrote Which that is down. true. I wrote that it's, down too. Yeah. Uh, or don't meet your heroes. Don't meet whatever your heroes. it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you guys think about um, separating? Like, obviously she meets this author. She loves this book. It is. It has been her identity for a long yeah. time. And she meets the author and she is immediately turned off, which is an amazing scene when she finally like tells him off. And then when yeah. she tells him off again in the car, I the thought fact that he, she doesn't forgive him. I'm like, yes, yeah. I was like, yeah. I, uh, absolutely. But hundred percent bets. I hate movies, TV shows where all of a sudden they forget all these horrible things that this person does to yeah. make the, the, the TV show or whatever the storyline progress. And I'm like, real people don't do that. Right. I know right. you're supposed to forgive and forget. It's not that easy. Right. Especially yeah, and it when probably you're was at your boyfriend's funeral and he like gets into the car without her. Like it's and he doesn't even like it. he's just yeah, it's so bad. Yeah. So good for her. Yeah. Yeah. Having said that, she like opened the got, door to get him out. Oh yeah. I, I, <laughs> the, all I thought about was when he did that is I don't think I could successfully reach across reach my over? car it over someone and then open the car door. I've right. seen it in so many movies right. where I'm like. I don't think like if a person my arms are not there, that long, my arms are not that long. Like try to anyway. do it without a person in there. I still it can't do it. <laughs> same. I have to be like half of my body is in that other seat to try. Right. But I digress. <laughs> what do you two think of separating the art from the artist? It's, it's, it's a loaded question and it's a bigger question because you can, you're gonna, you can apply it to JK and Harry Potter. Yep. Um, that's exactly where I was going. Yep, I figured it would be, <laughs> but um, it's true. It's, but like people I talk to, like, um, I, I can argue for JK because Harry Potter has become such a cultural phenomenon that people have taken it into their own hands mm-hmm. and it's more than fan her. Fiction. It's, it's more way than more than her at this point. It, yeah. Um, I think it's very murky. Um, I don't have a clear answer. It's hard. I don't think there is a clear answer. Um, Serena. Yes, ma'am. So did you know the ending going into this movie? Uh, no. And how did you take it? Uh, I kind of was expecting a flip-flop. Maybe, maybe somebody back in the day spoiled it for me and I just didn't remember, but like, I was expecting a twist and turn of events. So I wasn't totally blown away, but the gas station scene like really got me I'm like okay well I think I know where this is going you know what I mean like there was to be fair they do give you warning like you like he does tell us that he's got full-blown cancer and you know so um but yeah yeah this is a good segue so cigarettes um oh yeah my god I noticed 
it's a metaphor. How did we feel about this whole thing? I hate it. I hate it so much. It's something you put, what is it? What did he say? You put the thing that kills you between your teeth and never let it give you the power to do so. Yeah. It's so stupid. It's It's so like, you can tell John Green was like, I'm going to do this. This I feel like that's the beginning of the, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think there are a few quotes that came out of this movie that are iconic and have gone beyond this not even movie book probably it came from the book but yeah so it was the cigarette metaphor um what were the others okay 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 yep okay we'll be our forever is that what it was okay our always our always okay we'll be our always and then of course i fell in love with him the way you fall asleep slowly and then all at once that was a this was i I wrote that down i wrote that down uh um the pinterest generation yes like yes. people would still do pinterest but not as much as there was a couple of years where pinterest everyone was, did pinterest everyone did and like i love pinterest it was like pre-instagram <laughs> yes it yeah. was yeah. and this was just couldn't go anywhere without seeing some john green quote or something yep. or a i was gonna of this movie i was gonna say you guys i was going through the quotes and i was trying to like remind myself of things that stood out and it's like one of those things like you haven't seen the movie but like for me, I hadn't seen the movie, but I know that quote. Yeah. yeah. Falling right. in love, you know, slowly. And then all at once like that, that one has been around yeah, that yeah. one it transcended. Yep. That one. Yeah. definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, I think all my notes are done. Everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, should we do a martini shot? Would you recommend uh, this movie? Can I just say no? I do like it, but can I just say no? Because if I'm going to recommend a movie that's like this, it's going to be a walk to remember. I'm actually going to say no too. I just don't. Yeah. I don't choose to recommend movies that are depressing. Yeah. Same. <laughs> like if I'm going to recommend a depressing it's movie, a it's going to be that movie, but I just make, I just don't usually recommend those. Kinds of movies. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll say yes. But for the same reasons, so you're you're a no with caveats. I feel like I'm a yes with caveats. Mm-hmm, that's if mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. So same reason, I wouldn't go up to somebody and be like, "You need to watch this movie." But if somebody brings it up, or if somebody was like, "Oh, what did you just watch this week or whatever?" Yeah. And I said, "I watched this," and I'm like, "It's a good movie." If you're in the mood for a good movie or a sad movie, because sometimes mm-hmm. you. This is it's solid. I wouldn't say it's a bad movie, but I wouldn't be like, you need to watch this. So I'll I'll give it a yep, watch it because it is it's a solid movie. It's that's fair. I, I will fair. say this. I kind of want to read the book and then Go I, I I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, I feel like there's a part of me that's like, okay, maybe I'll recommend the book to somebody more so than the movie do you know what i mean i could see that yep that's fair i could because see that. a lot of times you know i like the book that's better. true that is true that's true oh, you know what you yeah know what? but that's fair you know what? <laughs> <laughs> um all right so uh that was two no's and yes and it, it was a, a rare moment where tracy said yes yeah <laughs> i know right <laughs> wait a minute my a rare, moment, have a rare moment that serena said no yeah tracy yep. said yes yeah I'm in the minority. Um, all right. Well, uh, has anybody watched anything else that they'd want to recommend? Yellowstone. Yellowstone. So, um, I know we record these in the future or yeah, 
and we post them in air the, them yeah air them in the, in the future. whatever po- we we record them in the past and post them in the future yeah that's it Bingo. um so i just finished watching joe millionaire oh, God. and this note <laughs> hear me out betsy hear me out hear me out I watched the original Joe Millionaire when I was in high school. Oh my God. I remember that. And I loved it. Loved it. And so I was like, I have to watch this new season because it, so it is so bad. It's good. Yeah. (laughs) So I found a podcast that, um, that reviews it and they also loved it a lot, but because it was so bad, but right. they also really loved it. And because the same, like, le- it's the same level that it's you're the at. same level that yeah. I liked it too. Um, and, and they watched it from a producer's point of view. So oh. they could catch the, like that, like one, one time, um, one of the Joes, the millionaires had a, a drink and it was a wedge of lemon was in his drink and the wedge of lemon still had a sticker on it from when they cut the lemon up. And oh they were God. like, I get that all the time. So they would point out these things. They're like, do you see that cameraman in the bushes? Did you see it? Did you see They would yeah. point things like that all the time, but they were respected in the podcast community because they would point these things out, but they genuinely liked the show. Yeah, They yeah. were invested in it. They genuinely liked it to a point where they had all the inside interviews with all the girls. Oh, nice. And the very last episode, they convinced Fox to let them have the the preview or whatever so they yeah. were able to watch it beforehand so as soon as the the episode aired they were immediately allowed to release their release podcast. their episode that's awesome oh wow so I so you would recommend joe millionaire but only ironically and only if you're also listening to this podcast yes okay yep. there we go <laughs> <laughs> and we're we're hoping for a season two okay wait what's the name of the podcast <laughs> the right reality they, okay. they, their, their mainstay is the challenge on MTV, which oh, is okay. road rules, real world could made a baby and had this show mm-hmm. and it's on an off season. And they were like, uh, we don't know what to do. Let's watch a different <laughs> reality. Different and thing. so, and so many people are, have the bachelor podcast. We're like, we're yeah. not going to compete with that. So anyway, the bachelor starts right now. I should be watching it. It's part one of the finale. You're but recording it. It's fine. Yep. Serena, what you got for us? Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Um, I guess it's on Paramount Plus. Paramount. I don't know. Why I keep saying Paramount. 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 Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, yeah. So uh, that's a good one. And then I'm actually I'm planning on binging through as quick as possible because I want to see 1883, which is on Peacock. I have heard of that. It's like the prequel to Yellowstone. Oh, right. Yes, I have heard of that. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I like it uh, so far. I'm in season two now, um, and it's 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 holding up, my guys. I like it. And I mean, Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. So crazy seeing Costner some of these people. In a cowboy hat for an hour. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, my recommendation is The Gilded Age. It's from the creator who did Downton Abbey. And um, it's solid. It I really I'm really enjoying it so far. Costume drama, of course. That the late I want to say it was it's the 1890s and in New York, um, mm-hmm. but shot a lot in Newport, Rhode Island. Oh yeah. Woo-woo. Wait, um, the show The Gilded Age. Yeah, it's really good. If you like Downton Abbey, you would like this. Um, if you like Bridgerton, you'd probably like this. If you 
<laughs> period dramas. You probably like this. So yeah, I recommend Gilded Age. Um, okay. Are we ready for next title? Next episode. Ooh. Yes, Queens. Don't even tell me. Galaxy Did the whole Yes. Galaxy, Galaxy Quest? Quest. Nice. Oh, they're nope. going to say walk to remember. I was like, I can't That's a good it. follow-up to this it's movie. A good movie. Thanks for joining us. If you like what you hear, you can find more great episodes over on our website, www.millennialsofthemoviehouse.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Curious about updates, extras from our episodes, or want to add your two cents about a reviewed movie? We're also on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle for both is at the movie Millies. Check us out and make sure to follow us. So until next time, we're millennials. And we'll see you at the movie house. <laughs>